Section 48 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 45 Montrose and Leslie. James Graham, the great Marquis of Montrose, who at first sided with the Scottish Covenanters against Charles I, was so out of sympathy with the extreme turn which affairs took later against that unhappy monarch, that he went over to the king's side. Gathering the Highland clans under his standard, he marched southward and defeated the Covenanters in a series of brilliantly fought battles. He occupied Edinburgh and laid great plans to complete the conquest of Scotland by subduing the borderland. If the borders had remained in their old fighting state, no doubt many a border chief would have joined Montrose's army and aided his bold plans. But, unfortunately for King Charles, the borders had been tamed and disarmed since the union of England and Scotland under James I. Only a few adventurous spirits, like Christie's Will, remained as examples of the old wild days. The remnant of the Army of the Covenanters was commanded by the stern General David Leslie, not the Alexander Leslie, who figures in the preceding chapter, and was somewhere in the border district. Gay, gallant Montrose did not bother as to exactly where this army was. He despised it too heartily. He himself was at Selkirk, while his army was encamped on the neighbouring plain of Philip Hoare. Montrose was busy writing a cheering message to King Charles, to the effect that he had now no enemy left in Scotland who could offer an effective resistance to his arms. Little did he think that General Leslie was gradually creeping nearer, nearer, and was now actually within four miles of his army. With the advantage of a thick Scotch mist, Leslie's army actually burst upon Montrose's infantry without a single scout having seen them to give warning of their approach. In such confusion, Montrose's men had no chance whatever. The Marquis galloped up, only to find his soldiers hopelessly defeated and great numbers slain. There was nothing left but for those to escape who could. The Marquis succeeded in cutting his way through and gathered his troops to fight again later on, but his efforts were doomed to failure. A popular ditty of these days, sung to a stirring tune, was called Leslie's March. Sir Walter Scott seems to regard this as wholly serious and ranks it as a covenant a song. It appears to me, however, that many of the lines have a very sarcastic flavour. No doubt the covenanters did really think that there's none in the right but we of the old Scottish nation but they would probably have phrased it a little less boldly. To me, it appears as if this song were the work of an onlooker and not a partisan, one ready to see the faults of both sides and very much inclined to hold back his final opinion till he saw which was going to win. But let the march speak for itself. Leslie's March. March, march. Why the deal do you now march? Stand to your arms, my lads, fight in good order. Front about, ye musketeers all, till you come to the English border. Stand, dilt, and fight like men, true gospel to maintain. The Parliament's blithe to see us a-coming, 
when to the kirk we come, we'll purge it ilka room, free popish relics and a sick innovation, that all the world may see there's none in the right but we of the old Scottish nation. A truly partisan ballad of the day describes the Battle of Philip Hoare and exults in the defeat of Montrose, our cruel enemy, it calls him. As a ballad, it has no great poetic merit. The very sober Covenanters probably regarded ballad-making as a frivolity, but it describes rather graphically how an aged father from the countryside led Leslie's army very cautiously and wisely to the very tents of the foe. These details are no doubt accurate, though the ballad writer, whoever he was, displays his ignorance of other matters by making the old soldier say that he was at the Battle of Solway Moss, which took place 100 years before, and at that of Dunbar, which was not fought till five years later. The following are the opening verses of the ballad, giving an idea of its plain, straightforward style. On Philip Hoare a fray began, at Hare Headwood it ended. The Scots out o'er the Grahams they ran, say merrily they bended. Sir David fray the border came, we heart and hand came he, we him three thousand bonny Scots to bear him company. We him three thousand valiant men, a noble sight to see, a cloud o' mist them weel concealed, as close as e'er might be. When they came to the shore burn, said he, Say weel we frame, I think it is convenient that we should sing a psalm. It is not necessary to quote more of it, but it may be remarked that in place of the last line, as given here, the unregenerate substituted that we should take a dram. In point of actual fact, both versions are probably true. End of section 48